begin the message this morning by turning to Luke chapter 1, and I would ask you to turn to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 26 to verse 38, and I'm going to ask you to stand this morning for the reading of the word. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross. Let me articulate your words through my voice to your people. I pray that this would render the transformation of our lives through the Holy Spirit to become more and more like Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen. amen. You may be seated. As I thought about how to approach this particular message, I thought of a lot of different things. And one of the things that occurred to me was that most of us have probably heard this a few times. The story of how Mary is approached by the angel and she's told that she's going to have a baby. Uh, is probably not new information to you. In fact, the entirety of the Christmas story is probably something that you have heard many times over your life. If you're over the age of 20, I would hazard a guess that you've heard it at least once every single year of your life. Now, that's assuming that you've spent any time in church, but you know, even outside of church, if you've watched Charlie Brown, you've heard the Christmas story, okay? But... Uh, and I want to just tell you that even though today is a rerun of sorts, uh, it is a rerun that you'll hear every year at Christmas time, and you're not going to hear anything new and exciting, nothing that you haven't heard before, nothing that you don't know is going to be presented to you this morning. I'm just going to tell you that flat out. It's a Christmas story. It's the same story that's been told over and over and over again. But what I love about this part is that Luke gives us such great insight 
And I can only imagine Luke sitting down with Mary and talking to her about this and hearing it directly from her. You see, Mary was, was just a girl. We don't know exactly how old she is. Some people say, oh, she was, you know, 14 or something. Other people say she might have been grown. It doesn't really matter because the Bible doesn't tell us. Mary didn't think it was important when she was sharing this story with Luke. And when Luke wrote it out, he didn't think it was important either. So it's really kind of irrelevant, that part of it. But Mary was just a typical girl. She was a typical Jewish girl growing up under the Roman occupation. She had lived her whole life hearing about the possibility of a Messiah, of someone who would come and who would redeem his people, who would set his people free, who would let them go from this occupation. Now Mary, probably like every other Jewish person in that time, thought that that Messiah was going to come and run a revolution. But she also knew the prophecies pretty well. I'm just going to step outside of my message here for a minute. Uh, there's a song that drives me crazy every time I hear it. It is, uh, Mary, Did You Know? Now, I'm going to tell you that I can appreciate the sentiment behind the song. And I listen to it and even sing along with it. But I'm going to tell you right now, and you will probably never hear the song again the same way, Mary did know. Mary was fully aware of who she was carrying. The angel told her. So the next time you hear that, just be like, yes, that rhetorical question has an answer. Mary did know. She did. So just going to throw that out there. Sorry, that's my little tangent for today. I, there might be more, but that's at least one of them. But I'm going to tell you, there's even Mary's song that's in Scripture in Luke 1. And it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture in itself. Because Mary's song tells us all the things that she knows that Jesus is going to do. It says, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. That's a song of praise to God who has turned her life upside down. Because if Mary was an ordinary Jewish girl, 
living and waiting for the promise of the Messiah, Mary was also aware when this angel popped into her life that her life was about to get crazy. Because you see, today we see a girl who maybe isn't married and, um, and has with, is with child, and we don't necessarily think too much of it. It's not as much of a big deal for us anymore. But in Mary's time, Mary was already promised to someone. And he knew it wasn't his kid. Right? So now her family just sees her getting pregnant more and more obviously pregnant because let me just point out to you there is one thing you cannot hide and that is being with child so here's Mary not married Joseph's like Amy mm -mm. and in her time that could have meant if Joseph had wanted to pursue it that she would have to go out to the outskirts of town and the town folk would stone her to death. Because that was the law. That was the way it was written. So when the angel comes to her and says, you're going to have a baby? And she says, how can this be? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Mary's like, Okay, how am I going to explain that to my mama? Well, she doesn't question it at all. In fact, she just says, I don't know how this is going to happen. And the angel tells her how it's going to happen. And he says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child. And she's really old. She's been barren for all these years. Everybody thought she was done for. She couldn't have a kid. Remember, we were talking about barrenness a few weeks ago. And we talked about how it is that out of barrenness, God always makes things new. And he brings his redemption out of the wilderness out of the barren time. And that is what he's doing here. Through Elizabeth, he's bringing the prophet. And through Mary, he's bringing the Messiah. And Mary says, yes. Because you see, what Mary doesn't know what Mary doesn't understand about what is going to happen and how this is all going to play out and all of the things, right? She doesn't know that they're going to have to go to Bethlehem. She doesn't know that she's going to have to flee to Egypt. She doesn't know that she's going to spend her life in constant turmoil, wondering what's going to happen next when her son reaches a certain age. She doesn't know that she's going to follow him to the cross. She doesn't know all of those things. What she does know is she is willing to trust the God who has chosen her. You see, she doesn't know what's going to happen. 
She doesn't know what's going to happen with her baby. She doesn't know all of those things. But what she does know is that the God who's chosen her is the same God that she has followed all her life. He's the same God who took the people out of Egypt. He's the same God who called Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldees and gave him a son at 100 years old. He's the same God who gave David the ability to kill a giant with a single stone. He's the same God who was with Daniel in the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He's the same God who told them over and over again, the children of Israel, follow me and I'm going to take care of you. I will bring you redemption. I will take care of you. And because she trusts that God, because she knows that God, she says yes. She doesn't know how it's all going to play out. But she knows the God who's making it happen. And because of that, she follows. And you might say, well, that's great. That was Mary. <laughs> you know, that was back in, you know, way back when. But you see, God still asks you to follow him today. Based on who he was. Based on who he is based on knowing how he has acted. That is how we know we can trust him. The faithfulness of God throughout the story of history is the faithfulness of God that is true for you today. When we sang, be born in me, we're asking God to give us the ability to follow him even though we don't know what happens next. Even though we don't know where our life will take us in the next hour. You're all hopefully to dinner. But God is faithful. And just like Mary, we can trust the faithfulness of the God we know. In the moments, we don't understand. God is faithful. He is faithful to Mary. Mary followed her son to the cross. But she was also able to see him after the tomb was empty. Mary was the catalyst for Jesus. She was the one who brought him into the world as a human and God. And Mary trusted that God would give her whatever he promised. And so she followed him. She said yes. So whatever it is that God is asking you to do this morning, maybe it's just as simple as baking a pie for the person next door. 
I can promise you that whatever it is that God is asking you to do, if you will trust him, he will prove himself faithful the way that he has throughout history. Because that's who God is. He's faithful. And he loves you. This morning, as we always do, we are going to close our service with communion. Our communion table is open. If you are a baptized believer, you are welcome to celebrate the table. So in a few moments, we'll do the communion liturgy. It's on the back of your bulletin. But I'm going to ask you before we get to that particular point. What is it that God is asking you to do? How is he asking you to follow him? How is he asking you to be obedient? And can you with Mary just say, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled.